0: Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Soul's Work Podcast, the show where we talk about exploring our spiritual journeys and uncovering our authentic selves. I'm your host, Janice Ho, and we're going to start off each episode with an intention, which is to enter this shared space from a place of honesty and to listen to the voice of fear when it arises, but ultimately move past it in order to do our soul's work. Hey friends, welcome back. Welcome back to the Soul's Work Podcast. How are you doing? (laughs) I hope all is well. Um, I was in Toronto, my home city, for a visit last week, so I didn't record a new episode then, but I do hope that you got caught up on my last episode, number 10 on spiritual bypassing, because that one was really important. And today I want to have another really important conversation, which is sharing about my drinking story. I promise that next week we're going to move into a not so heavy topic, which will be on our higher selves, exploring that, because I really do want to return to the topic of intuition and our authentic selves. So stay tuned for that. Now, I do want to firstly put out a trigger warning or a content warning for this episode. Um, I'm going to be talking about my experiences with alcohol use or rather abuse, which mostly dives into my past. And by the way, there is no one set definition of alcohol abuse, um, nor is alcohol abuse currently a medical term as far as I understand it. But I hope that by using this term, it gives people a general sense for now of what this conversation will be focused on. And I'm going to be sharing some journal entries from that time and reflecting on my past experiences with alcohol. So I will be getting into some pretty in-depth details about events, thoughts, feelings, and behaviors around that experience. So if you feel that listening to that kind of content might trigger you because of where you may be at in your own situation, please do consider putting aside this episode Um, If at some point later on you feel safe to return to it, it'll be here. And if not, that's totally okay too. But please make that best judgment call for yourself if needed. So two more things before I dive into my story. And normally I would prefer to jump right in, but this is a tricky topic. So I really want to take some time to lay down some context for you. So please do take in this part. So first off, if there is one thing that you go forward with at the top of your mind as I share my story, it's to please remember that this really is my one personal story. Uh, It is not automatically reflective of the experiences of everyone else who identifies as having or having had issues with alcohol use. And that includes my story not necessarily being reflective of other people's behavior, symptoms, the underlying factors that lead to abusing alcohol, as well as what is needed for people to move away from that. So please, again, remember that this is just my one personal experience. And the second thing I want to discuss before I get into my story is that I do think it's important to lay down some context in terms of terminology, because the various labels or terms to describe, let's just say alcohol abuse, can be confusing. And I mean, I've never even really quite known how to describe my own experience um, in terms of summing it up in, you know, like a couple of words when I don't really want to explain my entire story. Um, Previously, I've somewhat hesitantly referred to my past relationship with alcohol as having been uh, as me having been psychologically dependent on it to some degree, because that's what it felt like for me. And something that was really important for me to understand and that I want to put out there for people is that alcohol abuse doesn't have to just be about either receiving a diagnosis of having a really severe alcohol addiction problem where you can't function in your daily life without drinking, for example, or on the other hand, your use of alcohol being totally fine. Like there is a continuum between those two things. So in my case, just because I didn't appear... Necessarily, as someone who was severely alcoholic, it didn't mean that I didn't have a problem with my alcohol use. So, I was recently looking at the DSM, that's the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, which has been published by the American Psychiatric Association since 1952. It's now in its fifth revision. And the DSM has been used by many medical professionals over time in diagnosing individuals with, for example, anxiety disorders, depression, personality disorders, substance use disorders, etc., using diagnostic criteria. And I noticed that this fifth revision made a change where they combined the categories of alcohol abuse and alcohol dependency, which were listed in the previous version of the DSM made some revisions to the criteria, and then called this single category alcohol use disorder, or AUD. And by the way, just as a reminder... The DSM is not the Bible. It has been criticized on many fronts as anything trying to categorize and define something as complex as mental disorders and mental illnesses would be. Um, A lot of things have been revised, removed, added over the years. So it's not necessarily fact. It's not necessarily truth. But it has been an attempt at creating a so-called common language amongst professionals Um, And I think the thing that I do appreciate about this new category, alcohol use disorder, is that it is more reflective of this continuum where, for example, if you meet two to three of the 11 criteria, you would be considered to have mild AUD. If you check off four to five items, you're categorized as having moderate AUD and then six or more um, is severe AUD. Now, I know that most people are familiar with the term alcoholic or alcoholism, And from what I understand, this isn't actually a medical term. It's more so used in everyday language, um, as well as, of course, within the Alcoholics Anonymous program and community. But I think that most people would interpret alcoholism as comparable to severe alcohol use disorder. I could be wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong, please. (laughs) Um, So looking at the DSM-5 criteria for alcohol use disorder a few days ago, I basically Self diagnosed where I might have fallen into this continuum back when I was using alcohol problematically a few years ago. And I would say that I likely would have fallen into the moderate alcohol use disorder category. And looking here at the 11 criteria, I'm just going to list the ones that I feel I could have checked off at that time. So one had times when I ended up drinking more or longer than I had intended. Two, more than once wanted to cut down or stop drinking, or tried to, but couldn't. Three, more than once gotten into situations while or after drinking that increased my chances of getting hurt. Four, continued to drink even though it was making me feel depressed or anxious or adding to another health problem. Or after having had a memory blackout. And five, had to drink much more than you once did to get the effect you wanted or found that your usual number of drinks had much less effect than before, so building tolerance. And there were a few others that I kind of felt a bit on the fence about, like, yes, maybe I could check that off or not, but if I didn't feel really 100% sure about it, I didn't. So I do think that I may have fallen into this sort of moderate AUD, or alcohol use disorder category, at that time. And just stepping outside of clinical diagnostic criteria speak for a second, um, just in terms of how I... Just felt at that time about my alcohol use. Um, I knew that I wasn't severely addicted to alcohol, you know, where I wasn't waking up needing a drink first thing in the morning. I wasn't shaking if I didn't have alcohol, um, that I could still go to school and work and function fairly well in that. But I did know that I had some kind of problem when it came to my drinking. I knew that the way I used alcohol was harming me in various ways, that it was many times, if not most times, for the wrong reasons. And I knew that I had to make a change. Okay, so there is some context for you that I felt was really important to understand. Um, Again, it's not just a yes or no. You either have a full-blown alcohol addiction problem or your use of alcohol is relatively healthy. There is that continuum in between. And I think that in addition to hearing the stories of people with, say, severe AUD or alcoholism. You know, to understand their experiences and to let other people going through similar situations know that they're not alone. Uh, I believe it's also really important to share the stories about experiences with AUD that maybe don't seem as obviously outwardly problematic, um, because that kind of alcohol use can still have an enormously negative impact on individuals' everyday lives. And also, it can lead to more severe alcohol use or abuse. So that's why I'm sharing my story, not because I want to say, hey, here's what I experienced and if you have a similar um, experience, this is what you should do. Absolutely not. Every experience is so individual and I'm not a professional, so in no way is this episode prescriptive at all. I just want to share my story so that if others can relate, I truly hope that they do feel a little less alone in their struggles. I know that when I was going through my experience, I felt totally alone in that. And I felt ashamed and deficient because I didn't really hear anyone else talking about it. And I will share about my experience progressively moving away from misusing alcohol because that's part of my story. But again, every individual situation is different, unique, complex. And if something resonates with you here, that's great. But at the end of the day, each person ultimately has to decide what is right for themselves based on what's going on in their own life. Okay, I know that was a lot of intro stuff, but this may be a pretty sensitive topic for a lot of people. Um, I'm not sure, but I think even for those who haven't experienced something similar, this might be a new perspective to hear about. Um, And it is complex. It's tricky. So I needed to at least lay some of that out first. Okay, here we go. So the first time I ever had a drink was... Towards the end of high school, I believe. And I honestly don't remember what my actual first experience was like. What I do remember was that early on in my, let's just say my life of drinking, um, I would drink a lot with my friends at these Chinese or Vietnamese karaoke bars. And at those bars, it's kind of less about the singing (laughs) and more about playing drinking games and getting your friends drunk and yourself drunk. And those are my first memories of really enjoying drinking and of having found this thing that was like an escape from the stresses going on in my life at the time. This thing that seemed to get me excited, more uninhibited, which were not things that I really experienced in my day to day. So there was something, I think, freeing to me about drinking, Uh, even though later on, I would, of course, learn that it was quite the opposite. So I know I've mentioned some of my past challenges in life in previous episodes, but I want to just briefly paint a picture of what I was escaping from with alcohol, where my stresses and pain were coming from. Because typically when someone is abusing something, like it doesn't just have to be alcohol or drugs, right? It could be abusing or having an addiction to sex, work, shopping, exercise, eating, Typically, when you see that happening, there's like a lot of underlying pain and issues happening. So I'm just going to talk about a few things that first come to mind. So at that point, as an older teenager, I had already gone through a few years of living with a lot of stress around money. Um, All throughout high school, my family was on social assistance. I think it was still called welfare at the time. And I often worked a couple of part-time jobs in addition to going to high school, which honestly was a lot for me, both in terms of just being incredibly tired all the time and overworked, but also mentally, emotionally, it felt like a lot of responsibility and pressure for a young person to have. And I think my insomnia also started around that time, which was a big issue for me for several years I remember the last year of high school, either coming to class late every day or sleeping at the desk or just not coming in at all because I was at home sleeping. Um, I had dealt with my parents separating, which happened right as I was entering high school pretty badly. And what I'm sure was a lot of pain and sadness and hurt over that ended up manifesting itself as anger. I was a really angry person at the time and I became quite rebellious towards my mom in particular. And our relationship really suffered while I was in high school and living with her. Um, And it was difficult for me to want to be at home a lot of the times because of all the conflict that we had, which looking back, I absolutely take a great deal of responsibility for. But in addition to being angry, I was also at the time quite depressed. Now, Going back to the DSM, I know that even back then, I wouldn't have met the criteria for say major depressive disorder. I don't think I would have because it wasn't one of those things where I like couldn't get myself out of bed or things like that. I was still going out. I was still doing stuff. But I'm just sharing my experience of how I felt emotionally at the time. And what I would constantly write in my journal about how I felt was, quote unquote, being depressed and hating life. I wrote that a lot. Um, And I'll read some of my journal entries later that kind of illustrate the frame of mind I continued to be in for many years. Um, Another big thing for me was that by my very early 20s, even by my late teens, I had already been pretty scarred by guys at that point. Like I'm pretty sure one guy I had dated early on was like straight up a sociopath. And as a young girl who was navigating this new world of romantic relationships, Of course, I wanted to be liked. I wanted to be loved. I had deep insecurity issues as I think a lot of us young females do because I was starting to learn about what and how I was supposed to be as a female. And I didn't feel like I lived up to that standard a lot of the times. So I was seeking external validation for that. And as a result of my first few experiences with guys being cheated on, completely manipulated and lied to and used sexually by this sociopath, um, being just completely disrespected, uh, yelled at, etc., there was a lot of pain around that. And I really internalized these feelings of unworthiness, of not being loved because I was young. I was really young. Um, I wrote that I felt really angry and helpless as a result of those experiences. I absolutely did not trust a man to be good to me. Um, But at the same time, I also felt like I was incapable of being in a relationship and of being a good girlfriend because, as I also wrote, I would always come back to this state of total chaos and hysteria in my head. And I know that sounds a little bit dramatic, but what it really was, was a lot of anxiety and fear around relationships. Um, I also always felt really alone. This was another theme that just constantly came up in my journal. I would write things like, God, I feel so abnormal. I feel like I'm so alone. And even if I go out with my friends, I'm still going to feel alone and different. Do I somehow manipulate my life so that I am alone? Is it me? Do I put myself through this fucking insanity? So even when I had people around me, even my good friends, I just never felt like I truly belonged. And I always questioned whether they even felt that way. So all of that to say that when I started my path into drinking, it was like I had finally found that door that I could walk through and shut out all of that crap and leave it on the other side, leave my pain, my insecurities and fears and reservations aside because when I drank, I numbed myself to that. I also just did what I wanted to. And I was louder and more social. I felt this, I guess, false sense of confidence. And also, to be honest, I kind of developed an ego around being able to drink a lot. Like, I'm a very petite Asian female, and people usually don't expect that someone like me can drink. But I could drink more than some of my guy friends could. And I got a big kick out of talking shit to them for fun. And, you know, quote-unquote drinking them under the table. But that being said... In hindsight, you know, maybe I thought I had something to brag about because I could down X number of beers or shots in one night, but so many of those drinking episodes resulted in me falling down a lot. Like, Lord knows how many brain cells I have lost hitting my head on the ground. Um, Of course, bowing down to the porcelain god. (laughs) Having those mind-blasting hangovers the next day. Sometimes I would get really angry Like almost wanting to be violent towards certain people, even some of my own friends. Uh, One time I actually tried to punch someone in the face, not a friend at the time, and I would have succeeded had someone not physically intervened. Um, So there was something about alcohol that sometimes brought out this anger and violence in me. There were a lot of things that I did when I drank that I would never have done sober. And possibly the worst part of all of this is that I would also have these memory blackouts if I drank past a certain point, meaning that my memory for a certain portion of the night would be completely erased from my mind. Like I wouldn't know what the fuck happened. And so would commence the call of shame to my friends the next morning saying, please don't tell me I did anything stupid. And you know, sometimes I would have done some pretty stupid things. And that kind of drinking continued as I shortly thereafter got into the clubbing life. I partied every weekend. I got drunk every weekend. Um, I had a year off between high school and my first year of university. And during that time, I would also go out drinking during the week to these karaoke bars. Um, I actually found in my journal that I tracked my alcohol intake for a few weeks during that time. And there was this one week where I went out drinking every single day. Now, most weeks weren't that extreme, but typically I'd be drinking at least three times a week, according to this tally. And when I was tracking this, it appears I was doing it with the intention of cutting down on drinking, so I don't really know if I uh, was doing a good job of that. And at this point, I had begun what would become a repetitive pattern of me resolving to cut down on my drinking over and over again, and pretty much failing over and over again in doing that. So I think on one hand, at this time, I kind of knew I was drinking too much, that there was something problematic about it. But on the other hand, I think part of me just felt like I was letting loose. I was partying hard after working so hard. I was doing what everyone else around me seemed to be doing at the time. You know, I hung out with a lot of people who normalized the party culture, the drinking culture, even the drug culture. But I also often felt like people were sometimes looking at me with that judgment, that I took it too far sometimes, that look of, oh, there she goes again. So when I was still in my early 20s, I had left a pretty toxic relationship, moved out to a new place, and it was the first time I was really living by myself, like without a roommate or a boyfriend. And I was at a new low point in my life at that time. Uh, the relationship I had just left had been very emotionally and verbally abusive for a while, and it had left me feeling pretty worthless and broken. Uh, one friend had told me that during that time I was with him, I basically looked dead to the world. I had often felt like one of those dogs in those shock experiments where. They become conditioned to staying in this really harmful situation because they develop this learned helplessness through the shocks so that even when their cage door is left open and they technically could escape, they won't leave. And if anything, I started to hurt myself when he would be yelling all of these abusive words to me because I felt that incredible helplessness and I felt trapped I would do things like throw my fist into my computer screen or bang my head against the wall because I literally felt like I was going insane in those moments. And I just use that word insane um, because that's what I used at that time to describe how I felt. And even after I broke off the relationship, which lasted maybe about two and a half years, I ended up still seeing this person off and on for another year, which continued to bring a lot of toxicity and negativity into my life. It certainly didn't allow me to start healing from all the things that had happened during our relationship, which I really obviously needed to do because I had been left pretty traumatized by it. Um, I just read a part of my journal from that time that said, Another reason why I can't sleep is because I keep thinking about my ex and the way he treated me, all the verbal and emotional abuse, and I get so fucking angry. I can't stop feeling the rage. My heart starts racing, and I feel like shaking. I imagine scenarios where he's telling me I'm fucking stupid, a fucking loser, fucking pathetic again. And at that time my insomnia was totally raging. I'd be staying up until 5 30 a.m. thinking about shit like this and it got to the point where I was so desperate to just knock myself out to sleep that I started drinking whiskey to help me do that even though I knew that drinking alcohol would make me wake up in the middle of the night. I just didn't care. I just wanted to at least sleep for like an hour or two. So that, I believe, is when I started drinking on a regular basis at home by myself. And during this time, I was kind of isolated physically because of where I was living and continuing to work a lot. You know, after I had moved out of my family's home, which was right after high school, my financial situation was just always really unstable. And both of those things meant that I didn't really go out much um, or see a lot of my friends. So I was home a lot by myself, still incredibly stressed and still experiencing a lot of Pain from all these various experiences that I just had never learned to work through in a healthy way. Now, I really don't think that the act of having a drink by yourself at home constitutes a problem per se, but a lot of it is about your intention around it, right? Just like, you know, being addicted to things like eating, shopping, working, sex, those things in and of themselves are not inherently bad, but it's when you're using those things or rather abusing those things for the wrong reasons. And whether or not my intention to drink at home really was purely, you know, because of my insomnia, maybe it was initially, it did quickly become something I started to do on a regular basis, like if not every day, almost every day, and for other reasons, for that escape. Because that need to escape reality that I had felt for a long time, that was still very prevalent for me. And a lot of those same themes of feeling alone, depressed, hating life that I mentioned earlier... Were still recurring for me at this time. And I wanted to share a journal entry that I think illustrates a lot of this. I want to have a happy moment. I feel very sad, very alone. I always felt that somehow I was an outsider looking in. I will wonder if they thought I didn't belong there too. I really wish I could get to the root of my psychological problems and fix them. Something must have happened during my childhood. I don't know why I hate life so much. I know that if I compare myself to other people, they're much worse off than me. Yeah, my life has been a struggle compared to a lot of the people I know. But also, I feel like I take things to heart too much. I hurt too easily and for too long. I've been a depressed person all my life. I have felt alone all my life. I have felt like I don't belong anywhere all my life. I've become the most cynical, unbelieving, untrusting person. I have felt like I can never find that person, and stay with him, have a happy life with him, because I'd just be awaiting the inevitable day that they destroy me. I feel like I can't rise past my financial struggles and that I never will. People with money seriously don't realize how much easier their life is. Sometimes I just want my life to stop, just so I don't have to think anymore, just so I don't have to face another day of feeling miserable. No, I don't mean I want to commit suicide, But I just wish that I could remove myself from this earth, from my life, from this present situation, and just let the days or weeks go by without me in them, just for a while, until things get better. So I think that since I couldn't press an actual pause button on my life, drinking was seemingly a way for me to temporarily escape reality, to get into an alternative state where I didn't have to experience myself belonging to this shitty life in the same way. No, I didn't have to focus so much on the pain I was feeling all the time. And I was still also going out from time to time um, and getting drunk, as I had done many times before, and feeling ashamed of myself again when the night ended disastrously. Um, after one particular drunken episode, I wrote, The whole world probably thinks I'm crazy. Maybe I am. I really, 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 really do not want to drink ever again. I can't even trust myself having that first drink because then I get too uninhibited and can't control myself from drinking the second, third, fourth, fifth drinks. I feel horrible about myself. How can I keep going through this for years? I hate myself right now. And again, there were so many of these times that I said I would stop drinking entirely or cut down on my drinking only to eventually return to the same patterns I remember there were times I would tell myself to not go over to the liquor store to get that bottle of whatever that I knew I shouldn't go, only to find myself there again. And just to pause for a second, reading back to these journal entries makes me really sad for the me back then. Not pity at all. But, you know, just hearing how much self-shame and self-hatred there was and me feeling like I was so fucked up as a person. And I just really wish, looking back now, that my younger self had had more guidance and support. Um, Like a lot of this stuff I was just trying to figure out by myself by analyzing stuff in my journal. But a lot of the times I just kind of ended up beating myself up. But I absolutely don't blame myself now. I just have a lot of compassion for my younger self. You know, I understand why I felt so much pain and why I turned to alcohol as a result, even if overall doing that truly wasn't helping me to resolve that pain. And if anything, it was really making things worse. But, you know, this is why I feel it is so, so important for us to be a lot more open about issues around, like, you know, mental health, around substance use issues, because other people who are going through this stuff, like, need to know that there are places that they can turn to for support, to know that they're not alone, to try to figure out, like, what can they do about it and not have to go through that entire journey by themselves, So in any case, uh, a couple of months after I wrote that particular journal entry, I actually decided to instate a ban on myself with the drinking. And I don't know what was different about this time because, of course, I had said so many times before that that I wouldn't drink again. And I always did. But for whatever reason, I guess I felt differently this time. I don't know why. And I don't remember if I specifically set a time frame for this alcohol ban at the outset, but it turned into what I ended up calling my five months of soberdom because it did last five months. But none of my actual underlying issues disappeared during this time. And so, of course, I still felt that need to escape, to numb. And in seeking that, I just ended up turning to other drugs instead because... As I said to a friend at the time, if I can't have alcohol, I want drugs. And that is probably why I lasted five months without drinking at that time, because I did end up experimenting a bit with some drugs. I never tried cocaine for some reason, which I'm really grateful for, because I think in the state that I was in, I might have really been drawn to that particular drug. Um, In general, I really didn't get attached to any of the drugs I did try in the same way as I did to alcohol, because alcohol was... My drug of choice. Um, And so after five months of not drinking, I lifted my self-imposed alcohol ban. uh, A bit afraid of what might happen, but feeling kind of hopeful because after not drinking for five months, even though I had kind of been substituting it a bit with the drugs, I felt like I did have less of a craving for alcohol. And I knew rationally that I had to learn not to abuse it, to use it as an escape or way of dealing with my problems. So, just to fast forward a bit, a few months later, I started a new relationship. And that relationship helped me to start turning things around in my life in a lot of different ways. But in terms of my drinking specifically, he was someone with a very different lifestyle, I would say, from the one that I had been living for the past few years. And it was the first time in a really long time that I realized, as bizarre as this may sound to some, that drinking, and usually drinking a lot, every single weekend, was not actually the norm. Uh, I think he actually said to me once, you know, you don't have to drink every weekend. And I was like, what? (laughs) Like, first of all, to be honest, the thought of not drinking on the weekend at that point sounded like the most boring thing I had ever heard of. Like, how could I not drink? Like, how would I actually enjoy my downtime without alcohol? It was like shifting perceptions, right? And to be honest, I didn't want to disappoint him. I didn't want him to not like me or to think that I was this messed up person. And for better or for worse, that thought, that fear would sometimes be the thing to stop me when I wanted to drink. But on the other hand, there were still many moments where I wish that I could just quote unquote drink everything away. I mentioned this in episode three, which was on courage and fear that I came into this relationship with immense trust issues. And I did definitely use drinking as my coping mechanism, as I always had, to deal with all of my anxiety around this new relationship. So I was still drinking at home quite a bit when he wasn't around, whenever those trust issues were triggered. And there were still occasions where I would go way past my limit with alcohol when we were out and getting into another drunken episode. And those were happening a lot less frequently than they they did before. Um, And if anyone kind of looked at it on the surface when it did happen, they'd probably say, oh, whatever, like everyone gets drunk once in a while, right? But I knew because of my past history with alcohol that I needed to look at all of my instances of drinking carefully with that context in mind. So this relationship started in like my mid-20s until my early 30s. And the summary of that time is that there were several things that helped me to move away from abusing alcohol. And one thing that I can see in hindsight, at least for myself, is that I needed more than just the fear of the negative stuff that came along with abusing alcohol, whether that was the memory blackouts, the shame, the hangovers, et cetera, as a deterrent to drinking. I mean, yes, I wanted to prevent that stuff from happening. I wanted to avoid the post-drinking messiness, but I also needed something positive to look forward to as an incentive to not drink. Because as hard as it may be for some people to see it in this way, alcohol had been filling a void in my life. It had been the thing that, even if it was doing so in a false sense, took me away from the pain, the loneliness, the sadness that I was feeling all the time. And in that sense, alcohol was almost like a friend, a companion to me. I don't even know that I ever really looked at alcohol itself as something evil or bad or that I hated it. I think more so I was always getting down on myself about how I used alcohol in a negative way or in a harmful way. So removing alcohol from this pretty significant role it used to play in my life was like losing something that had always been there. You know, it was creating a void once again. I even wrote one time, I don't want alcohol anymore, but I'm down and I don't know what else to turn to. And so I think one of the many things that helped me to move away from my harmful alcohol use was filling that emptiness with something else, something that was actually healthy and positive and uplifting. And for me, a large part of that was returning to my first creative love, which is singing and also starting to songwrite, which married the two things I'm most passionate about, singing and writing. You know, it served as a great creative outlet to express a lot of the anger and pain that I felt that I really didn't feel I could let out in any other way. And this all didn't happen until my very late 20s, but I could so deeply feel that immediate spark that happened within me when I started to sing again. Like music had been completely absent from my life for about 10 years. So it was like my soul had reawakened. Also, when I read back to all of these journal entries, there is this recurring theme that goes on for years and years about feeling trapped in my life situation, feeling helpless and hopeless about the future. And being in such a fatalistic mindset, I think made me just want to keep drinking because what was I staying sober for? I wrote once about wanting direction, purpose, wanting something to live for, because for so long, I didn't feel like I had that or even had the possibility of having that. And I think it was when I was in my last year of undergrad or maybe the year before uh, when I ended up taking an unexpected year off school that I felt like I finally started to have that direction, a goal in life. Um, I had decided to apply for a master's program in criminology and worked really, really hard to get into it, which I did. And that was the turning point for me in my financial struggles. Even though for the first few years, I still had to work myself into the ground to support myself, to gain work experience, to pay off my enormous student loan debt, I could at least see that I had a chance to build a career and to create a better life for myself. Now, I'm definitely not saying that reconnecting with music and succeeding in school and work was all I needed, because as you probably have gathered by now, there was some really deep internal issues and feelings of pain and unworthiness and aloneness, not feeling like I belonged, even in this world sometimes, of profound sadness, of anger. Like all of that wasn't just going to go away, even when I was doing much better in my sort of external life. There was some really deep work that still needed to be done. And this was a journal entry from when I was almost 30 that reflected how deep this runs. And it also shows that I was still pretty susceptible to falling back into the same patterns of drinking as before. I've been going through this search to figure out why I think the way I do. Why I get depressed. What I feel so guilty about from my childhood. Why I always have these running away dreams. Why I think of such violent thoughts. It's also a time when I'm really confronting my alcohol issues and acknowledging that I have had a problem and maybe still do. I haven't bought alcohol for home for quite a while now. At least it seems like a long time compared to before. Part of this success is that I have no convenient sources of alcohol around me, but even when I've had the opportunity to pick up a bottle to bring back here, I've told myself that it's a bad idea. I know I would probably drink every time I was here. I've been reading up on addictions a lot. Whether it's on alcohol or on other drugs, I think it's been having an interesting effect on me. Just understanding the whole process of addiction more is, I think, making me not want to get back into my old habits. Sometimes when I'm out for a drink, I'm perfectly satisfied with one, or on some occasions I haven't even wanted to drink anything. But there are still definitely times when I have the craving for alcohol and feel like it's going to pull me out of my slump. I still feel a kind of emptiness inside. I feel alone and down, even when I know there's nothing at that moment that should particularly get me that way. I feel like I'm going through this search alone and that I don't have anyone that I can talk to about it. So that deeper work has been a work in progress. Um, I did do some therapy at a couple points in my life, which was really helpful in working through some of those underlying issues. Um, As I mentioned in episode three, I was able to understand why I would have these violent daydreams that I would play out in my mind every single day through talking with a therapist and doing some homework on that. And also since starting this spiritual development journey, that has helped as well in reconnecting more with my authentic self, that part of me that in addition to the pain, drinking had been masking as well. But there's still a lot of work to do. Um, And I'm currently starting to look more deeply into my core wounds, the abandonment wound, the worthiness wound, because those things were never truly deeply worked on and I know that they still get triggered to this day because of that and there are still actually moments when my default reaction is to want to drink that away but I think I'm able to maintain a pretty high degree of resilience now I would say um, especially in comparison to back then because firstly you know one of the things that has helped is that I make as many intentional decisions as I can in shaping my external life to be the most positive healthy nourishing supportive environment that it can be for me, you know, whether that has to do with the people I surround myself with, where I live, who I date. And I also just have so much more hope in terms of my future and what I believe I'm capable of versus feeling that helplessness and that my life was never going to go anywhere. I absolutely feel like I have a purpose now, you know, this podcast being one of those things, writing my book. I love the relationship that I'm in. You know, I want to give back by helping others in their own journeys if I can, because I am truly truly grateful for all the shifts that happened in my life I'm grateful for all the people who were there for me while I navigated through this journey with my drinking even though I felt alone in a lot I think it was a lot of it feeling alone in terms of not knowing how to actually deal with the drinking problem itself but I still absolutely had good friends who have loved me unconditionally throughout all of my challenges um And I really think that if I didn't get out of certain toxic situations in time, I could have easily moved into that severe alcohol use disorder category. But I didn't. And I'm eternally thankful for all of the things that moved me away from that direction. I experience that happiness so much more now. And it's amazing. It's amazing to enjoy life and to feel love, to feel peace. But again, still a lot of deep issues to work through. And so there is that balance. Um, I am able to cope infinitely better than I used to. I'm able to pinpoint a lot of the underlying triggers that might compel me to drink and to focus on addressing those underlying issues in the moment instead of going in the direction of pouring myself a drink. And those feel like enormous victories for me. Okay, so if you're still here listening, I want to thank you for hearing my story. I want to remind people again that this is just my one story. And in no way am I sharing my experience to tell people how to deal with their own situation that X, Y, and Z helped me, so you should try to do the same. Not at all. My purpose, as I mentioned earlier, is just to put this out there in case it helps someone to feel less alone in their own struggles. You know, to let you know that you're not the only one, that there is nothing inherently wrong with you as a person. You know, there might be some really deep, valid reasons why you feel the pain or the unworthiness or whatever it is that you want to escape from feeling and it's not because you are a bad deficient person because you aren't you might just be incredibly hurt you might be feeling a sense of hopelessness a sense that you're not enough that is not a true reflection of who you are though because you are worthy and deserving period typically though as was certainly the case with me when whatever we're using to escape that pain is abused, whether it's alcohol, drugs, eating, shopping, exercising, etc., it's usually being used as a coping mechanism, right? As a mask for whatever's really going on underneath. And whether you feel ready to and choose to dive deeper into looking at what those are for you is entirely your decision. But just know that that pathway does exist and know that there is always hope. Because there is. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in today to this episode. It was a little bit longer than usual, but this was really important for me to talk about. Um, And if you want to get in touch with me, you can always email me at janice.sj.ho at gmail.com. You know, if you want to even share about your own experience, I'm here to listen. Not to give advice, not to tell you what to do, um, but just to listen. I would also love to hear your feedback on the show in general. Um, I'm still learning about podcasting. I'm still learning about spirituality. And I'm sure this show is going to continue evolving as both of those journeys evolve. And I would love for you to be a part of that. So please do send me your feedback as well as any part of your own story if you want to share. All right, you can find all the episodes for the Souls Work podcast and show notes at the Podcast.com. This podcast is on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, FM Player, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Please do remember to rate and review if you're enjoying the show so that others can join our soul community here. Uh, you can also visit me at janishocreative.com where my blog and some of my music lives. You can follow my Facebook page at Janice Ho Creative, Instagram at Janice Ho Images, and Twitter at Janice Ho Thanks again, everyone. Have a great rest of your day. Lots of love and self-love. And see you on the next episode of the Soul's Work podcast.